Hello, welcome to Strange Love of Movies. My name is Livia Martinez, and I am here alone talking about the Oscars two weeks late. It's not a good look. I, I apologize, Strange Love. I know you wanted to hear about our Oscar predictions. I know you wanted to hear our thoughts right after the telecast. However, I was overseas in Portugal when it happened. I was horribly jet lagged. So actually, it's funny because I, I think. 2.30 in the morning in Portugal, I actually got to see on Twitter who had won Best Supporting Actor and Actress, but I went ba- right back to bed after that. So I missed the broadcast, which really hurt. But the next morning, I set aside an hour of my Portuguese time and just watched a lot of recaps, watched most of the monologues and presentations, and tried to get the gist of it. I mean, I heard that it was a three-hour-long telecast. I kind of am glad I missed it, but I really missed watching it with my family. I definitely could have if I had been in Texas. It would have been perfect timing. It would have been so much fun, but hey, maybe next year. So what I want to do is kind of talk about the winners and how I feel about all of them. We have actually talked about basically all of the winners on this podcast, so that's exciting. I mean, there's an elephant in the room. That elephant is everything everywhere all at once because it's swept. There have been few films that have won as many above the line awards as this one. I mean, it won Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Best Editing, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, Best Supporting Actress. What? That's seven Academy Awards and all huge ones. I literally... I'm so happy. There are some films that I would have rather for a few of the categories, but we'll get into that. But oh my goodness, seeing the Academy reward a film as creative and entertaining and liked by the masses is just so exciting. I mean, just a few years ago, we gave it to Green Book. No one liked Green Book. Well, actually, no, the Academy clearly liked Green Book, but like no one talks about Green Book. No one talks about the artist. I mean, no one talks about Nomadland, let's be honest. I mean, I sometimes do because sometimes I really look like Nomadland. It's hard to explain. It's not that I look like Frances McDormand in Nomadland. I just look like Nomadland. Can't explain exactly. But other than that, I mean, there are just so many forgettable films. But Everything Everywhere All at Once is not going to be a forgettable one. And I'm really happy that it was awarded as much as it was. So I'm actually going to start at the bottom of this list just because I want to save my thoughts or best picture to the end. So this is going to be a really random order. But for makeup and hairstyling, The Whale won. And I was actually shocked by this. The Whale's makeup was amazing. The film, I mean, it looked real. I thought Brendan Fraser had gained that much weight until I saw him afterwards and was like, oh, never mind. It looked great, but I really thought that it was going to go to Elvis because these biopics, man, especially like Baz Luhrmann biopic, normally it wins makeup and hairstyling and stuff like that. And really, Elvis didn't win anything, actually anything, which is shocking to me. The Whale won two awards and Elvis won none. And Elvis was nominated for so many. Personally, I liked Elvis. I didn't love it. It was not a great film, honestly. Like the Tom Hanks part is actually atrocious. Some of the editing is way too much, but it was a very entertaining film. Uh, And I was surprised that it didn't win anything. It seemed like the kind of film that would really, really attract Academy voters, but maybe it shows that the Academy voters are getting younger or they're just starting to see that, oh my gosh, you don't have to reward a biopic every time it comes out. I think there's some statistic like four of the last seven years, uh, someone who did a biopic won an Oscar like for a performance. That's just it's not fair. And I guess that's sort of a spoiler, except you guys already know the outcome of this Oscars because I'm two weeks late. 
But for Best Actor, Brendan Fraser won for The Whale, which I was so happy about. I wanted Colin Farrell to win. I was perplexed that this is Colin Farrell's first Academy Award nomination. I did not know that. But I really wanted Colin to win. But if not Colin Farrell, I wanted it to go to Brendan Fraser. Even though Austin Butler was my... He was probably like my second childhood crush in my life. He was in this show called The Switched at Birth. I think he was in three episodes. And I was obsessed with him. I I was obsessed. I followed him through the Vanessa Hudgens era. I've, I'm still with him now, but I did not want him to win the Oscar for this. If he's a true, true actor, which I think he is, he'll do other great things. He'll be awarded at some point. And then Paul Mescal was the other nominee. And I'm in love with Paul Mescal. I'm in love with After Sun. I love Paul Mescal. Like, he and Austin Butler, the fact that they were both in this category was insane. We never have that good looking category with these young guys. And some people may not think Paul is that good looking, but if you watch him in his performances, he's electric. He is the next big thing. He's the new obsession. Move over Timothy Chalamet, who I also still love. But Paul Mescal is everywhere. And I'm really proud of him for getting this nomination. After Sun is such an excellent film. I really wish we could have covered it more on Strange Love, but we didn't because I watched it the day before I came back from winter break. And I had a 103 degree fever when I was watching it, but I loved every single second of it. It's a brilliant film. So I really recommend After Sun, but we're not talking about After Sun. We're talking about Best Actor and Brendan Fraser deserved it. I mean, The Whale, not the best movie, not very good at all, actually, but his performance, his eyes, just looking at his face, it made me just want to give him a big hug. And he did so much with a character that is so just unappealing there are so many things about the character I think his name was Charlie and that's the thing like the fact that I remember the name of the main character of a not very good movie it shows his performance was good but Charlie's was just so he made so many mistakes he left his family he was not good to his wife like there were just so many things about him that would make you not want to root for him yet you still did because of Brendan Fraser's big blue eyes and just his amazing performance so next, we'll talk about film editing, Everything Everywhere All at Once won, which I'm actually very surprised by because I loved the editing. I mean, that is my kind of editing. I'm very maximalist. I thought it was so good and fun, but I really thought that uh, Top Gun Maverick was going to win it because the editor for Top Gun Maverick is very respected in the editing verse, and he actually won the Editor's Guild Award, so I expected that. So Everything Everywhere All at Once was fun. It was exciting to see because... I mean, they just had so much fun with that editing. And the editing makes the film. It genuinely does. So it deserves it. I don't know why I guessed Top Gun Maverick. Visual effects, oh, duh. Avatar, The Way of Water. If they'd given it to anyone else, there would have been a riot. I mean, they invented a new form of technology for this film. Original score, All Quiet on the Western Front. This is the only Best Picture nominee I have not seen. And I heard that the score was kind of like, dong, very Hans Zimmer-like, but more... A repetitive and so I really wish Babylon had won because Justin Hurwitz he did La La Land he had already won so I guess they thought he already got recognition but man the Babylon score I still listen to it Voodoo Mama is one of the best original score songs I've ever heard it, it's so special it's so good live action short and Irish goodbye I have not seen any of those so I cannot speak on that but I guessed it animated short the box, the mole, the fox, and the horse. I kept seeing this uh, advertised for, I think, Apple TV or something. So it makes a lot of sense why this one, because it probably had a lot of money backing it. It looked 
Not like my vibe in the slightest, but I guess it's someone's vibe. Achievement in sound. So it used to be sound editing and what was it? Sound design, I think. And now it's just achievement in sound. And Top Gun Maverick won this. And I am totally content with that because the sounds that they had to deal with, I mean, just like the constant planes, the insane like dialogue in the plane sounding so good and fresh and real. It, it was an achievement. It was really good. I mean, they could have definitely given it to Elvis or All Quiet on the Western Front. I mean, war movies always have good sound, I feel like, even though I haven't seen it. I'm sure it does. And then Elvis, you know, music and stuff. But I think Top Gun Maverick was a good choice for that. Costume design was really surprising to me. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I really expected Elvis to win, but... Black Panther, they had some cool costumes, I guess. I mean, when they were in all white for the funeral scenes, that was great. By the way, haven't podcasted Black Panther Wakanda forever. Hated that movie. I thought it was so unnecessary and so long and so boring. The only good parts were when they were in Wakanda and during the funeral scenes. I mean, I wanted to make a whole episode for Strange Love about Black Panther 2 and everything wrong with it, but I didn't because I worried Disney would sue me. But their villains were blue people that looked like ugly avatars. It was like laughably similar. My friend and I were like, wait, did they realize these were going to come out the same year? Why did they make them blue? What? The villains were stupid. Oh my God, that movie was so bad. And I remember liking the first one. I thought maybe a lot of it had to do with Chadwick's passing and that they had to rush a new script and stuff like that. But Oh, it was not good. The Michael B. Jordan part when he, oh, spoiler alert, I guess. He like comes for a scene and it looks so CGI. I think I could have filmed it better at points. Oh, it was so messy. It looked so dark at points. It was not a good looking film, but the costumes were good enough, I guess. I mean, I thought that Elvis would win this one too because Baz Luhrmann's wife has won, I think, two or three Academy Awards already for costume design. And she did Elvis also. And she... I mean, she's a winner, but I guess not this year. Next up, cinematography, All Quiet on the Western Front. I expected that. Again, I haven't seen it, but I really wish Tar had won. Do I talk about my Tar rant now or later? I'm trying to decide. I'll do it now. Tar is going to age better than possibly every other film this year, and I know it's going to become an actual classic. Like, a movie, like, I genuinely, I would not be saying this. I would not be saying this if I didn't believe it, but I believe that this is going to be a kind of film that you will study in college and universities when for film classes and stuff like that, because the technical perfection, the way the story engages you, the way the characters engage you, Kate Blanchett is phenomenal. I mean, oh, I, I crave to watch Tar every day, but then realize I don't have three hours. And I think the runtime is the only problem with it. But I don't think that that's going to matter in the long run because movies are getting longer. People are going to have to sit longer. It's so weird that movies are getting longer because, again, people don't have the intention span to watch an entire TikTok. How are they supposed to watch a three-hour film? But Tar looked so beautiful. But All Quiet on the Western Front, war movie. They always win cinematography, so there you go. Production design, also All Quiet on the Western Front. I really wish Babylon had won this one because Babylon was just such a beautifully constructed film. There were so many sets. It looked so expensive. You can listen to our episode a few weeks ago about Babylon because we just talk about the extravagance and the expense of every single scene. 
But it happens. Babylon didn't win anything tonight. A lot of films didn't win anything tonight, including Banshees of Inisherin, which is so crazy to me because there were talks that this could win Best Picture. And I really thought that Martin McDonough would have won Best Director, but instead Best Director went to The Daniels, which it makes sense. I understand. I mean, it's such an innovative film. It's so, everything everywhere all at once is so good. But I kind of wish that they had spread the wealth a teeny bit because Martin McDonough, I mean, just sensational. Banshees of Inisherin is amazing. I rewatched it on the plane ride home before I got food poisoning. That's a story for another day. But I was just in awe of how wonderfully done that film is. But I mean... It wouldn't be fair if everything everywhere all at once won everything else except for director. That's happened before. And I think that's so annoying because there were directors who what made the film. You know what I mean? I mean, just last year with Dune, Denny Villeneuve wasn't nominated for director for Dune, yet it won every single technical award under the sun. It's like, oh, who do we think is directing and making these technical parts of the film happen? Denny Villeneuve. And yet he wasn't even nominated for best director. I thought that was an outrage. But let's go to actress in a leading role, Michelle Yao for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I'm very happy about this. She seems like such a sweetie pie. She was so good in that film. But Kate Blanchett was robbed. She genuinely was, but that's okay because she already has two Academy Awards. She didn't want it. I mean, when she did win awards for Tar, she would just talk about Michelle Yao's performance. So it shows that she wanted to spread the wealth. And I respect that. If it was... No, no. I was going to say if it was a different year, Kate Blanchett would have won, but I don't think so because she does already have two Academy Awards. But that Tar performance, I mean, that's it's legendary. That's what you're going to remember the performances from this year. But Michelle Yao was great, too. And it was sweet how she talked about, you know, never let anyone tell you you're too old or your has been. I thought that was really cool because she has been so influential in film for so long, especially films that people have seen. I like that. Like she's a genre movie queen, uh, very, very similar to our best supporting actress, who is Miss Jamie Lee Curtis, which is probably the weirdest award of the night, in my opinion, because... She was good in Everything Everywhere All at Once, but she did not nearly do as much as Stephanie Sue for In Everything Everywhere All at Once. I mean, she just didn't. She did a good job. She was a funny character, but it was just so weird that she ended up winning because basically every other actress in this did a lot more than Jamie Lee Curtis. However, it was one of those where it's it's her time, I guess. It was her first nomination. She's been so influential in Hollywood for so long. She has such famous, famous parents. She's led so many important films and franchises. So good for Jamie Lee. She seems like a lot of fun. I think I would have given this award to Carrie Condon for Banshees of Nisharan because she was phenomenal. I'd never seen her before in a film, but I just thought she was wonderful. So now to screenplays. Original screenplay was Everything Everywhere at Once. I think it should have been Banshees of Inisherin, just because the language and dialogue in the film is so beautiful. And then for adapted screenplay, Women Talking one, which I saw two days before the Academy Awards, and I really liked it. I thought that, I, yeah, I agree with everyone. The color correction, yeesh. It was too dark. I don't know why it looked like that. And I mean, yeah, the middle p- section just plateaued totally. But I thought it was super engaging. I think a lot of it has to do with the performances. I don't think a lot of it had to do with the direction or the script, honestly. However, it was a good script. It kept me engaged. But just the performances, the way these women looked, their eyes, everything about them was just heartbreaking. 
And yeah, I actually really enjoyed the film. I mean, it's a downer, but I thought it was good. Animated feature film, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. That was expected. I haven't seen that or any of the other film. Oh, wait, I've seen Marcel the Shell with Shoes on. I didn't like that that much. And I want to see Puss in Boots so bad, but not all the homies have already seen Puss in Boots too. And none of the homies want to see it with me. And I'm mad. So I don't know when I'm going to watch that. Original song, Natsu Natsu from RRR. I'm so happy about that. The cast of RRR had a super fun performance during the Academy Awards. And, oh, I love that movie. It's such a good time. Listen to our episode about RRR. It's awesome that it is an Academy Award winning film now. Documentary feature, Navalny. I have not seen that. I've only seen Fire of Love, and it is one of the most beautiful films of all time. But I'm sure Navalny was great, too. Who knows? Documentary short, The Elephant Whispers. Haven't seen that, but I like elephants. Hopefully they're not mean to them. International feature film, uh, all quiet on the Western front. I mean, when a film is nominated for best picture too, it's pretty obvious which one it's going to go to. I've only seen Close in international feature film. I really want to see EO. Close, I didn't like it that much at all. I thought it was super, super dull, actually. I mean, it it tries to wow you with this basically sadness porn. Like, it's hard to explain, but it just, it shoves down some of the saddest things you'll ever think about or see in your life. But it's just not, it's just, eh, it, it feels lifeless. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm soulless. I don't know. Actor in a supporting role. Surprise, surprise, Kiwi Kwong won, and I'm so happy for him. He's such a sweetie pie. He was so good in everything, everywhere, all at once. He really was. And oh, all of his speeches are so cute when he's crying and stuff. Oh, yeah, he it's pretty cool. And it was cool like to see the behind the scenes of like Harrison Ford and him hugging and Steven Spielberg and him hugging. He was the little boy in Indiana Jones. So insane. I think, though, if I had the choice and I was Mr. Oscar, I'd give the award to Brendan Gleeson or Barry Keegan because they're so good. The Banshees of Inisharan is Overall, I mean, it's a screenplay film, but it's also an acting film, and their performances in that are just heartbreaking, mesmerizing. Ugh, so good. And okay, we got the last one. Best picture, everything, everywhere, all at once. Y'all know my thoughts. I'm very, very happy with this as a winner. I think that it shows that the Academy is evolving. I hope. I think that personally, I would have given it to maybe the Fablemans or Tar. I know I haven't mentioned the Fablemans at all, but I really, really connected to that film. And I think it would have been cool to award Steven Spielberg. Maybe he should have won Best Director, actually. I don't know. But I think it would have been cool to award him for possibly his last film. I Knock on wood. I really don't think it'll be his last film. But this was just such a, you know, it's a beautiful film about a beautiful creative artist's life. And normally those films get awarded. So I kind of was surprised that it didn't win anything. But then again, The Irishman a few years ago also didn't win anything. You know what I'm waiting for? Martin Scorsese's version of The Fablemans. That's kind of the last one we need, you know? That, that'll that be a good film. That'll be craziness. But overall, the Oscars, the telecast itself, pretty bland, pretty dry. You know, I think one of my favorite moments from the Oscars was... Hugh Grant's insane interview beforehand on the red carpet with Ashley Graham. If you guys haven't seen it, prepare yourself for the most cringe you'll feel in your entire lifetime, but please watch it. It was just horrendous. I wasn't really wowed by anyone's dresses or outfits. I thought Paul Mescal and Austin Butler looked great though, but maybe that's just because I'm a fangirl, but I really did like Paul Mescal, especially his styling. He looked amazing, but yeah, overall, pretty dull award ceremony, but I'm very, very happy with the outcomes. And I think that Everything Everywhere All at Once is 
I mean, it's the movie of the year, which is awesome. Everyone I know likes it besides my parents, I guess, and everyone else's parents. Actually, that's something I've been talking to some of my friends about because they all say that their parents also said what my parents said about like, I don't get it. Like, I respect it, but I don't get it. And I wonder if it is more of a young people thing. But in that case, how did it win best picture? Because we all know the Academy is made up of a bunch of old farts. So it's pretty crazy. But it's exciting. Thank you for listening to my long-winded tangents about the Academy Awards. I love the Oscars. I'm so sorry I didn't get to talk about it sooner, but I'm glad I'm doing it now. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Instagram at strangelovemedia. Visit our website, strangelovemovies.com. And we'll see you next time. The 2024 Oscars are only about 340-ish days away. Woo! Bye, guys. <laughs>